Hi everyone and welcome back to the show Cup of Tea with Rick G and today I'm really pleased to be re-interviewing Hassan Sadek and Hassan has been a part of the show before about two years ago seems like forever I interviewed Hassan and wanted to bring him back onto the show just to really talk about his development and what he's been up to over the last two years now Hassan's company which is Home Share Lettings is also a preferred partner for my big property group which is called the HMO and property community group on Facebook and Hassan is the preferred partner for his area of lettings and HMO management now I'm not going to ruin any of Hassan's thunder so Hassan welcome to the show can you just give us a bit of a bio and an introduction to tell us who you are and what you do Yeah, brilliant. Well, thanks again, Rick, for having me. It's a pleasure, as always, to be on the show. Um, so, obviously, we're a home share. We're a lessing agency. We specialise in HMO management. Um, we're based in the southeast of the UK, and we cover all the way from London to the south of Kent, um, to the southeast of Kent. Um, it's my company. I started it five years ago uh, myself. I came out of university with a law degree, and I wanted a challenge. So, I, start, I started a lettings business because I was around properties from a young age since I was 18. So I started that, I specialised in the local area, got to learn the local area really well and uh, the investment area really well because I'm from this area and just sort of built it from that. So we're, we're just under 400 rooms at the moment. We've moved in over a thousand tenants. So we've learned a lot about the local market and we've learned a lot about what's going on in the local market. So for any people interested as well, I've written an ebook, a free ebook that kind of summarizes all the investment advice that I've gathered over the years. So um, that's- Hey, we'll get into the plugs at the end. It's too early for the plugs right now. <laughs> oh, sorry, you mentioned it earlier. Let's get, so in, let's get the plugs in quick. Because <laughs> you mentioned it the first time round. So like, <laughs> Yeah, you do mention it, so I should first, mention it. It's not the first time round. You're giving all the secrets away now. So everybody <laughs> knows that this is take two. That's all right. Yeah, we have, this is take two, folks. <laughs> Something went wrong on take one. All right, awesome. So thank you. I mean, it's, um, it's good to have a little bit of a laugh and a giggle about it. You know, yeah. on these live shows. I'm all, all right, right so, now. Uh, you mentioned, like, first of all, Hassan, that you did a law degree. So, yeah. I mean, you know, being in law and being in property, two very, very different things and worlds apart. What sort of made you not choose to take up law and go into property? Surely law pays more and surely it's easier, right? I mean, like, you are right in, in that they are worlds apart in terms of career choice. And in terms of actual knowledge, I think they're very related. Property is a legal thing all the time. You're throwing legal laws, the contracts that you're using, the sort of eviction laws and all that kind of thing. So it is a bit random. I didn't plan on it that way. I planned on becoming a lawyer and I wanted to be a barrister, um, but I wasn't really getting much luck with the scholarships and it was kind of crossroads in my life. So I wanted to do a business instead. And, and I find, although it might seem unrelated on the face of it, it's actually been very useful. Okay. Um, but why property? You know, what was it that caught your eye? Did, was it, you know, did you watch something on the television or, you know, what was it that actually made you think, you know what, I want some of that? Yeah, so like at the time, I was, I was in a job, I was unhappy in that job, and I really wanted to start a business. I was living with my mum at the time, and I was caught saying to her, I really want to start a business, uh, you know, uh, and she was saying, no, no, get a job, get a job, and I, I was like begging her almost like to say, look, this is what I want to do, and so I, she's like, go away and think about it, then I sat down and I brainstormed lots of business ideas, um, so 
I can't remember all of them. A lot of them were catering. A lot of them were uh, service-related businesses, other businesses. And one of them was letting agency because I'd been around letting agents around. My parents had a couple of buy-to-let properties. So I had dealings of letting agents, not particularly good service, if I'm honest. And, uh, you know, that sort of struck me as well, that there could be an improvement in the local area for a good agent. Um, so I kind of had, I wrote down all of these ideas and, and I showed them to my mum and she sort of said, letting agent, that's a very solid business. Uh, go for that one. So I took, I took her advice and I went for that one, just plunged into it. And did you start out just yourself on your own? Yeah, it was 100% me on my own, um, which is quite difficult to think about because it is so so like I can't really describe how difficult it was you've got 400 rooms right that's what you just said yeah so that's a big you know it's a big business I mean 400 are they all HMOs Hassan not no there's 400 units in that so they're not all HMOs actual number of HMOs is is just over 80 so 80 HMOs or 80 HMO rooms 80 HMO properties and yep. within that we've got 400 units that that's a sense. lot so for, i mean 400 units i mean we have anything from 120 to 150 that's our portfolio we're not agents we, we own our own portfolio of some of it's rent to rent and what have you but there are tenants so i know how hard it is managing a reasonable size portfolio yours is huge so you've gone from one to what well, zero to 400 rooms how long has it taken you when did you get to the first hundred rooms uh, it took about it took about three years. It took about three years. It, it it I in terms of actual managed property, it took me six months to get my first managed property. I found that very very difficult. Um, once I got my first one through, it became easier. And it, after I would say after about two years, I only had twenty properties. Right. Um, but then through there, there's kind of like a breakthrough experience where you just kind of you keep pushing, you keep pushing, and then all at the same time. And I think the third and the fourth years, like we're in our fifth year now, the third and the fourth years were when I knew it was going to work. Uh, up until that point, I wasn't sure because there were periods where we were really, it was really tough. We were losing, or I was losing money. I, I put in my own money into the business to keep it going, um, but managed to get through that period and break through that. And because I had to invest a lot as well. Like when I think when you reach a certain portfolio, when you get above like 150 units, you have to kind of start separating the different roles in my in my experience anyway and i've had to employ more people and invest in more staff which i'll talk about your your business setup today in a little minute but you mentioned that you know at some point you thought it wasn't going to work some point you thought you're going to have to shut what kept you going through those those thoughts because i know you know obviously being in business have several businesses some point you think you know what this is just really hard. Yeah. You know, I think you know, it'd be so much easier sometimes, I still think this a lot, it'd be so much easier literally just going out and getting a job, you know, yeah. and, and having no responsibility, getting paid, going home, going to bed, getting up. That is you know, sometimes quite an attractive option. But yeah. then I realized that we're in this because we're different than that and we are entrepreneurs. So at what point for you, Hassan, um, you know, w- what point did you think, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna carry on, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, made you just keep pushing forwards when you thought it was just all doom and gloom? Yeah, that's a really good question. Like, I think there's two aspects to it. And the first aspect is I put all my own money into this, like 15 grand that I made myself growing like as a teenager and later on, I made all that money myself. So I put all my money into it. And after that run out, a few people gave me a couple of few smaller loans as well. So like that put a lot of pressure on me. The other thing, I didn't have a backup option. 
So I couldn't fail, if that makes sense. Like I, I just had to make it work. And then I think the third thing is I kept a really strong vision. I, there's some good books like Think and Grow Rich and The Science of Getting Rich. I sort of use their techniques to keep a positive vision, to stay positive in those negative periods. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, education with books and what have you is really important. You know, I saw somebody on Facebook. I can't remember how long ago it was now. And we were talking about books and somebody posted, there's no need to buy books at all. Just get out there and do it. Books are a complete waste of time. And I thought, what kind of mindset is that? Uh, I mean, you know, books are inspiring. And what you're doing with the book is learning from other people's mistakes. Um, so yeah. I'm totally an advocate of that. I think Grow Rich is probably one of the best business books out there, isn't it? Yeah, it's the best really. business mindset shift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so um, your rent roll then at the moment, I mean, are we allowed to talk numbers? Or, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got 400 rooms. So to keep yeah. this in some kind of um clarity so people that are listening on the podcast and yeah, yeah. are watching this what does yeah. that mean in terms of rent roll what, what are the gross rent numbers roll. out of your 400 it's, like, it's about uh, i i don't know the exact number because right. a lot some of them are deposits yeah. but it's around like 200 to 250 grand a month that is a shitload of money man <laughs> and you've <laughs> developed that from nothing so you've developed this multi-million pound business um from the ground upwards which is a massive accolade to you Thank so, you, really appreciate that. I hope, I hope for it to be worth that much. <laughs> well, I say in turnover, multi-million pound turnover. That, business. That's, that's rent roll, so that's actual rent, so we take it's a percentage of that. Yeah, I get that, I get that. Yeah. But your turnover is huge. So, moving on to your business structure as it looks now, you started off with just you. At what point did you say you took on your first member of staff? Um, it was after 12 months, um, and, and it was at the point... I was always in favour of taking on staff because I always wanted to grow a big business. That was the goal from the start. So I was always favour, but I had a mentor who was kind of slowing me down a little bit, which was good. But it took me about a year. And then, then it was after the stamp duty stuff. Do you remember? In April 2016, that was a mm. mad rush mm. property. And um, that's when it kind of started to pick up a little bit. And so what, what do you do in terms of making use? I mean, you, what's your USP? I mean, yeah. in the market... I don't like using the word saturated because I don't really like that word. You know, there's always competition in any market. Otherwise, we'd have no supermarkets or we'd have no mobile phone companies, you know. But in a busy market and the property market, the private rental sector, we've got, what, two million private landlords. Yeah. So you just want a little slice of that. You just want to make a good living. But going into a market that's already really busy and already really busy with, you know, people that are doing the same thing, how do you stand out? Well, that's exactly what I did with HomeShare. So obviously when I started out, it wasn't called HomeShare. Uh, I rebranded it later on. And like you said, it is very tough. There's thousands of agents out there and they're all the same pretty much. Um, so it was hard to stand out. And that's why I made a decision. There wasn't really any HMO management area uh, agents in my area. Um, and I was getting people naturally landlords giving me rooms and telling me about you know other landlords with rooms so when you say naturally though how did they approach you how did they know where you were i mean was it shop frontage or cold calling cold calling so yeah. you cold calling and is that um, on, the, on the phone or every day i was I, I every day i was make i was cold calling uh, every per every landlord i could find on spare room gumtree whatever it's probably not allowed anymore but back right. then i was calling everyone and so you were cold calling on the phone yes right okay so Which you were literally just picking up the phone phoning landlords and offering your services 
very hard to do, but when you yeah. keep doing it, you get better at it. And over time, now I'm really good at it, but I hated it to begin with. So how do you grow now? What are you doing now to bring new business in? Apart from being a preferred partner on, on our Facebook group. Yeah, I mean, obviously stuff like this is great, you know, promoting, getting, getting ourselves out there. Obviously stuff like eBooks and blogs, and I put a lot of information out there that people find it useful and then they, they read it or they download it. And then they- but do, you, do, you, do these old school type landlords read eBooks and blogs? Are they on, are they on the internet? Yeah, they, they do. There's a surprisingly high uptake. They do like it. Um, but you're right. I think video as well is something we are starting to get into more. So we want to get more video out there as well to sort of reach a wider audience. Um, and yeah, referrals a lot now. If you're providing good service to your landlords, they're going to recommend you to other landlords. And it's just sort of uh, naturally progressing like that. And, you know, I do want to employ someone to, to carry on doing sort of business development and warm calling, which is calling your friends and finding out who's in their network. Mm. Okay. So moving forwards for you, you've already got a big business, 400 rooms. Um, I suppose, first of all, how many, staff, how many staff do you have now that help you? At the moment, we've got six staff and we've yep. got one franchisee. Oh, okay. So you're franchising as well. All right. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Where are you going then? Obviously, you're going down the franchise route now as well. But in terms of your core business, how big mm. do you want to get? I mean, when is enough? Uh, I, I, you know, I, I think for me, it's more about the challenge. Um, mm. so I, I am motivated by money because it's really important and you can't do things without money. Um, but for me, it's quite exciting building this business and, and I, I find it gives me passion and purpose. And I'm thinking about, you know, giving increased standards of HMO management for landlords and enabling to using a franchise model to spread that in other areas in the UK. That's really motivating me. So I'm quite excited about that. Good. That's awesome. So if anyone's interested in that franchise, I'm sure we can give you or give them some contact numbers um, yeah. as we go forwards. Now let's talk about the, the whole C word, um, the whole Corona word. <clears throat> you know, it's been very interesting times, hasn't it? And I've been through a few, well, I've been through, you know, foot and mouth, been through recessions. Uh, I've been investing in property now for 22 years in total. So we've seen a fair bit, but nothing like what we've just experienced and are continuing to experience. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on all of this, Hassan, and how has it affected your business up to date? Um, so, I mean, I think it's gonna to totally change the landscape. Um, I think different areas are gonna be affected differently. Uh, and obviously I'm, you know, I'm only really qualified to think about my areas. And I think like it's gonna be less rental demand in London, I expect, with people working from home, and that could have a knock-on effect, office space, and whether they, that gets converted to residential could increase the supply of rental property. There's a lot of variables that are kind of unknown at the moment, so. How are you planning forward for any of this, or are you not are you just waiting for it to unfold? It, yeah, I mean, for, for us ourselves, we were, we were very worried, obviously, when it first started. And we sort of, the main, because like we touched upon earlier, you know, we get our income from the rent coming in and we get a percentage from the rent coming in. So if the tenants stop paying, we, we won't get paid. Mm. And that could kill my business if, if enough of them stop paying. So I was projecting worst case scenarios of sort of 50% not paying the rent. Um, medium case 25% and a good case sort of 10% and you know Touchwood luckily we, we've increased our rent collection processes as well um, making sure that we're supporting our tenants but we're making sure they're not 
giving fraudulent claims as well. They're not asking for a rent holiday and they don't actually need one. Um, that helped us out because when we asked for evidence that they've been furloughed, we found out they're not and they paid the rent the same day sometimes. Yeah. Um, so like, I think due to that and, and maybe because of my location as well, we had quite a few large hospitals as well. We, were, we came through okay. Um, had to furlough a few staff. I brought them back in now and we're all back in the office again. What do you think moving forwards when, I mean, I think at the moment we are living in this little bubble and like you, when all of this started to open out, I got very concerned that we weren't going to get paid. The phone didn't stop ringing for two days and it was tenants asking if they could have their rent holiday and well, what rent holiday, you know, there is no rent holiday and it all got very confusing for the tenants. And we were having conversations, you know, for two or three days, we got very concerned about our rent roll. And then we take our rent payments on the first of the month. Then on the first, it came around, we got paid. And I thought, well, okay, well, that's probably going to be the month in hand <clears throat> that most of the tenants already have. So maybe it's in the next month and the next month came and we got paid. And then last month came and we got paid. So we've only got one tenant that's in the rears right now, which is great. But is this going to last? How sustainable is it? Because in October, the furlough scheme is going to be wound down. Is then, is that the time when we're going to start you know, seeing a, a depreciation in our rents? What do you think? I think, it I think it's a great question and it's something I've been thinking about myself. I think it really depends what demographic your tenants are in. If your tenants are in an industry such as retail, and retail we know suffered a lot, then maybe you could be more affected. Whereas if you had a lot of blue collar tenants working in construction, you may not be. Um, but as a general rule, I think you're right. When the, when the, when the government support withdraws, that's when we're gonna really start to feel the crunch. And businesses that have maybe been just struggling through it with the furlough stuff will look at the numbers and realise we really have to shut down. And that's when there'll be job losses. So, yeah, I, I think if there is a drop, there, you know, there could be worse to come still. Um, well, I think there's almost certainly going, going to be, if I'm honest. You know, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, we are living in this false, um, false normal at the moment. I don't think this is going to last. What do you think in terms of... Um, moving forwards, the, the, the actual desirability of HMOs. Now, you know, bearing in mind that coronavirus is about, <clears throat> you know, staying away from people, whereas HMOs, you know, we're putting people together. Do you think it's going to be a desirable, um, I'd say strategy, if that's the right word, for tenants moving forwards? Or do you think they're going to start to shift towards more single-let opportunities? I mean, unless a huge supply of single let, single let properties come up and single let properties drop in price, then no, I don't think so. Because HMOs are a more affordable option. And what happens in a recession, if people, you know, losing their jobs and stuff, they're going to downgrade to a room. So, you know, obviously that's a very big generalisation. Um, but I think there's going to be a greater trend towards en-suites. And we found that in some of the areas where it's like, like in Dartford in some of our areas, everyone wants an ensuite now, and it is because of the coronavirus. Uh, they and the government are gonna have, or the valuations office agency, are they gonna to have to change what they're doing? Because we know that, I mean, and gosh, I don't know, for over five years, you know, local councils or local VOAs, local valuation office agencies are and have been charging individual banding. Yeah, yeah. The rooms are ensuite. Um, so I think, you know, if they're gonna, if they're going to push out more ensuite type HMOs, surely they're going to have to say, well, we're not going to single band you. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And I think us as landlords should be more vocal about this and we should, you know, create an action group together to show the craziness. It's been, it's been done a million times, you know. I mean, there have been action groups. Um, there have been people that have actually taken it to court. We've had petitions signed over the years and every single time it's failed. Yeah, well, you're right. I mean, I hope they reconsider now. Yeah, I think, you know, because of this, um, we are likely to see more regulation. I think in the industry, even more. I mean, it's one of the, well, if not the highest regulated property strategy that's out there. And mm. rightfully so, I'm all for regulation. So that leads us on nicely to, you know, the whole regulation element. So you're managing a lot of properties mm. and they're all licensed. So um, I'm presuming that you facilitate the license on behalf yeah. of the owner. Yeah. Now, are you doing all of the viewings and the HMO inspections? And, you know, I mean, that must be a full-time job on its own for you oh yeah i mean in terms of um our staff yeah we've it is it is a full-time job basically we've we've made um we were using virtual tools already but we've made that part of the process now that all tenants they can't attend a viewing until they've done a virtual viewing right. uh, so that's sort of reducing stuff but you're right there's a huge amount of administration following all these regulations legal uh laws coming in and we have to keep up with it all the time so we're looking at sort of automating where we can to reduce human error and just try and systemize and automate everything so yeah it's a lot to do though it is a lot to do and it's never ever going to change now mm -hmm. i think that the hma strategy like you i think it's going to be the most affordable option the most desirable um, if you look at the average rent around the country at the moment is about 950 excluding central london and that's excluding bills and excluding council tax yeah. So you can get a HMO room. I don't know what you're charging. Obviously, you're, you know, you're going to be charging bigger rates than we are. We're charging about 450 a month, including bills and including council tax. And it's a lovely house. It's great housemates. So, I mean, in terms of desirability and affordability, it's, I think it's a no-brainer. What do you think? I agree with you. I think it, you know, that if it's as close to a recession-proof strategy as you can get. Um, there's no such thing as recession proof completely but um, it minimizes the downside I think well you know what it doesn't matter but it does matter but in terms of what we do regardless it's probably a better choice of word of what happens with unemployment people mm. will always need somewhere to live yeah 100% I'm, I'm very lucky out of those 20 or 30 ideas that I had I'm yeah. very lucky that my mum said to me letting agent because I would have done some other business it would have wiped me out so mm. I'm, I'm always own, thankful for that. We own, pub, well, we own pubs. We own one pub now. And of course, that was closed for three months, completely wiped out. I've got serviced holiday lets in Wales, and we um, take £1,700 a week from those, completely closed down for three months. You're like, whoa. But fortunately, the property aspect and the HMO business just carried on cash flowing. And without that, we'd have been, well, you know, what are we going to do moving forwards? So, <laughs> awesome. It's always good chatting, Hassan. So, let's talk yeah. a little bit about how you can help others. So, um, your service is predominantly HMO uh, management. So, mm. can you just tell our listeners and our viewers again exactly which areas you operate in? Yeah. And yeah. how they can contact you if they're looking for hands-off experience. Yeah, yeah, of course. So we cover all of the southeast of the UK. So to go into more detail, um, sort of southeast London, um, sort of like Dartford, Bexley, Bromley, that kind of area. Uh, that's operated by a franchisee Benjamin, um, which I can get his contact details uh, put out there. Um, and head office ourselves we cover um the rest of kent so sort of the, to the east of kent all of kent northwest kent to the east of kent so like canterbury uh, dover 
um, Ashford and um, Folkestone. Um, we do maybe we're strongest in Medway, so like Chatham, Rochester, and those sort of areas, and obviously Gravesend. So quite a large area. Um, and obviously, we do sourcing as well. It's more tailor-based for people that are looking to invest into property, and we find them the property. We can manage the refurbishment if they wish to, and then obviously, HomeShare can let and manage the property for them. So, if there's any investors interested in that, they can, right. they can contact me. You do full service, so you'll find the property, you'll do the refurbishment, and you'll manage afterwards as well. Yes, yeah, so we, we, we've done quite a few of them now. We've, we, that's quite a recent thing for us. We started it in January this year. Um, we've done two full refurbs already. We've got a sourcing project going through at the moment, and we're going to manage the refurbishment after that. Uh, and it's all fully compliant um, with all the CDM regulations and getting all the proper paperwork approved and done in the right way. That's fully transparent because um, a lot of the times it's, there's a lot of um, stuff being hidden by builders. So we want it to be transparent. Okay, cool. Lots of arms to your business then. So if people are looking um, at you and looking at perhaps maybe one of your competitors, what could you say now that sort of says, look, you know, come to us because we do more? What is it more that you do? Well, I mean, if you don't mind me mentioning, I think my ebook is a really good example of why we're different because in that ebook, I poured so much expert knowledge into it that no other agent has that knowledge in, in this area. Um, so I think if you read that alone, you'll see why we are different and why we put extra care into what we do and how we do it. Okay. Um, so I'd encourage you to look at that. Um, or if you want to, if you want to have a chat with me, I'll do 10 minute consultations for free and, and go over any sort of questions you have. If you want to ask me why, you know, we're different to the others, I can, I can talk to you in person about that. Um, but really specializing in HMO is a whole different kettle of fish. And mm. I don't think there, are, there is anyone in this area who's really equipped as we are. And are you happy sharing your, your fees um, or does it differ? Yeah, yeah. So generally our fees for full HMO management, they are 13% now. Um, and that is because it that's is quite a lot of work right? involved. Especially for the South, that's reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, and for every tenant that we source, there is a small admin fee, and that's £250, but that covers absolutely everything. So there's not any hidden fees. Yep. It's just 250 does everything to get the tenant in there, inventory, paperwork, contract, viewings, you know, referencing absolutely everything in that amount. We don't make money on that. That's just covering our costs. And Hassan, is this a complete hands-off experience for the owner? It depends on if they want to be involved or not. A lot of people are attached to their HMOs. They put a lot of money and time into it and they want to be involved. And that we tailor our service to those landlords uh, where we would communicate with them, uh, you know, maybe because the builder's done recently, we shouldn't be doing repairs on it for a year or so. So we, we tailor our service, but there are a lot who are completely hands off. And we, we prefer that to be honest, because it's easy for us to do what we need to do, but we're happy to tailor our service. You know, 13% for a hands-off experience is really, really good for a HMO specialist. Now, there are loads of agents out there that run HMOs. A lot of them are the multi-branch agents and they're not specialists in HMOs. They do them, but they're not specialists. They don't really understand the whole elements of the legislation. Very often, they get it wrong. You know, I mean, I, I get really annoyed when I look on Rightmove and I look on a, a potential deal and it said would make a great HMO. And it's right in the middle of an Article 4 area. You know, it's like, well, where? And you're not going to get a planning. It's going to be impossible. So, all right, you mentioned your ebook. What's it called? How can we get hold of it? Uh, so, yeah, it's called the 2020 Guide to Medway Property Investing. Although it says Medway, it does cover some other areas in there as well in Kent. Um, so it just breaks down introduction to HMOs, some basic stuff like you mentioned about Article 4, licensing, planning, that kind of thing. Uh, the next stage is about how to find your property. and It's got some guidance on where to search and where to find it. 
Um, the third part is all about the sort of um, re, uh, the legal and health and safety requirements as well. We go into further detail on that and um, lose my parts now. And then we've got uh, example investment maps at the end. So we really go into detail in our area and we've shown you the right areas to invest and the areas to avoid. And that's really important because you don't want to buy a property in one of those wrong areas. And how can we get hold of this ebook? Um, so it's totally free. Um, it's literally, it's ebook.home-share.co.uk. And um, I, can, I can send you that link uh, if anyone's interested. And it's totally free download. It will take your email and it will add you to my blogging list, but you can unsubscribe if you're not interested. Okay, awesome. And if people want to contact you directly, Hassan, what is your office telephone number? What's the best way to reach you? Best way is probably to call my mobile. Uh, that's 07944 726 676. Or you can email me. That's Hassan with one S, H-A-S-A-N, at home hyphen share uk or alternatively you can add me on linkedin awesome hassan we've just about hit about 30 minutes she's like we like to keep these shows about 30 minutes long so they're just about a gym session or they're just about a travel to work session um anything longer than that then people kind of dip out so i'm going to end it here i want to say thank you so much for all of the information if people want to contact you then you've just given them all the information and if anyone's listening or watching and you want a hands-off experience as i said that hassan's company is the preferred partner for management in that neck of the woods so if you're looking for that grab hold of Hassan or go to the HMO property community group on Facebook and tag Hassan in and you can see a little bit more about what he does and what his team does and how they can help you moving forwards with your business and to manage your HMO property so Hassan thank you so much indeed it's been an absolute pleasure as always maybe we should hook up again in about two years um, see exactly where you are and see how your franchise business has moved forward from there as well but it's been a pleasure thank you for joining us again today thank you Rick. thank you very much for having me thank you Hassan no problem so thank you for watching and listening folks don't forget that you can contact me at Rick Gannon UK on my Facebook page I also have the supporter facility available now there as well so if you'd like to become a supporter of my work all you've got to do is click on the link in Facebook until the next time see you later and don't forget to have a little bit of fun Oh, my God.